Well, hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into part number six in the series entitled In Him. And today is actually part two of the message that we started on last week, which was entitled Strangers. So this is part two of the message Strangers in the series entitled In Him. And this is part number six. I hope it's not confusing, but we're going to have a great time today. And I believe that you will be richly blessed by today's word. So uh, sit back, relax. Here comes today's message enjoy. Well, um, today we're going to continue in the series entitled, anybody remember? In Him. Very good students. You're very studious. Bless you. Uh, We're in a series entitled In Him. And today is part number six. Part number six. And we're going to do a, it's part six, but we're going to do a part two of what we uh, left off on last week. And the message last week was entitled Strangers. And uh, we didn't really complete that, so we're going to go ahead and go back into that today and go into a Strangers Part 2. So this is Strangers Part 2 in the series. This is Part 6. So I don't know how else to say that. Uh, If you haven't heard all of the messages, there are some available still in the back table there on the back table. And they're, of course, all online and available also on the Kingdom Rock app. All right, um, Strangers Part 6. So remember, there are two key words that we've been uh, going over for the last six or five or six times uh, that we're going to bring up before you again today as we talk from the subject from the series entitled In Him We Are In Christ. There are two key words that we've been going over. One is the word attitude, and the other is perception, right? Perception. Attitude is that uh, settled way of thinking, Settled way of thinking about someone or something, your settled way. It's time to have a a new attitude, a new settled way of thinking. Remember, the Bible uh, talks about having the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is settled on the matter. Uh, In other words, we can't be wishy-washy, wishy-washy. We're going to have to have our mind set on the facts of the word of the Lord said. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. That's our attitude. Okay. Uh, Perception talks about the way we think about some things or the way we understand things, the way we see things. All of that has to change in order to live a successful Christian life and accept in order to live a successful, abundant life in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right. So we also gave you uh, two in him scriptures, and I'm going to give you a third today and just give you a whole lot more. So I pray that you're ready with me. As you're with me. First uh, Corinthians 15 chapter verse 22 says, for as in Adam all die, even so where in Christ will rather in Christ all shall be made what alive. All shall be made alive in Christ. Say with me. I am made alive in Christ. Okay. See, now you're speaking the word of God. We can even say it is written. I am made alive in Christ. Okay, so if you are in Christ Jesus, you can declare that. You can declare that. That's what the word says. So you're echoing the words of your father. It's another divine echo. You're saying what your father says. Amen. Amen. So we say, but pastor, I'm on the, I'm in the hospital. I'm on all these IVs and stuff. And the doctor says this in Christ, it is written in Christ. I am made alive. That's my attitude. It is settled. 
I believe what God says over this natural reality. Amen? So also in Romans 8 chapter, Romans 8 verses 1 and 2, it says this as well. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are where? In Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So we see there again, in Christ, there is no condemnation. As you are in Christ, you are born again. You are a child of God. You have received Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. There is therefore now no condemnation. So this tells you if you receive any condemning faults, you hear any condemning words telling you you're not saved, you're not this, you're not that, because the devil loves to play on that. He loves to tell you that you're not born again or, or that you're not worth anything. No, you say, no, it is written, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I am born again, I am in Christ, and I am not condemned. So take your silly willy somewhere else. Your silly word somewhere else. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. We've got to have that attitude. Amen. Right. Yeah. All right, let's look at something else. In Acts the 17th chapter, uh, you'll see here how Paul, you can go back and finish and just read the entire chapter if you like to later on. Paul goes into, uh, goes on to Mars Hill uh, there um, with the Greeks and the philosophers and all of them are there. And, and they actually built uh, a monument or uh, some type of idol to the unknown God. The, these were a group of agnostics. You know, they, they believed in something, but they didn't know who. They believed that there was a God, but they weren't sure what, what, sure what God it was. So they built a monument. And on the inscription, it said, you know, to the unknown God. So Paul goes in there and says, hey, you know, you guys built this monument. You'll know who he is. Let me declare to you who he is. Let me declare to you who he is. And as they were uh, seeking after this unknown God, of course, the father always reveals himself. If people are seeking for him, he will reveal himself. And so they picked up on the truth and Paul understood this and he begins to give them this truth back to them. Let me show you this in um, 17, Acts 17, verses 20, verse number 28. And it says, for in him, here's the truth, in him we what? Live and what? Move and what? Have our being. Listen, as certain also, say also, as certain also of your, of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So they picked up on a divine truth, not even knowing who the father was. The Father is clearly revealed. If you want to see him, he's clearly revealed. And truth will always lead you to Jesus because Jesus is truth. And so Paul brings them back a revelation that they got received from God. Didn't know where it came from. It was the Father revealing himself to him, revealing himself to them. And here's the truth that he revealed to them uh, that is also evident in the word of God. Here's the truth. The truth is for in him. That is in the Lord, in Christ, in God, we live. The word live here means, um, of course, to have life. It means to be among the living. It means to breathe. In him we breathe. In him we breathe or we enjoy life in him. In him, it's in him. It's in him. 
All right. And the word live there is also spoken in the active voice, active voice, which means the the subject is the recipient of the action. So uh, we we say it like this. um, The boy hit the ball. I'm sorry. The boy hit the ball. Yes. Boy hit the ball, meaning the the subject is the doer. Yes. Subject is the doer of the action. So remember that the subject in the active voice. Uh, the subject is the doer. The boy hit the ball. Y'all looking at me mighty strange. Amen. <laughs> that makes a big difference. Okay. All right. Again, the word live here is in active voice. Active voice means that the subject is the doer of the action. The boy hit the ball. The boy is the subject. The boy is doing the action. Make sense? Okay, in him we live. We are doing this action. We are the ones living in him. We are the ones breathing in him. We are the ones enjoying life in him. Are we there now? All right. Now make that point because the word move is not in the active voice. The word move, move is in the passive voice. Passive voice which means uh, here the subject receives the action. We can say it this way, the ball hit the boy. Okay? Make sense? We are receiving the action. In other words, it is God that is moving us, not us that is moving God. Okay? In him we live. We're the ones who are living. We're the ones who are breathing in God. We're the ones who have our life in him. And he is moving us. He is uh, moving us toward a specified destination. He is moving your life. Not, not Not only that, he's not only moving you, but he's moving the planets. He's moving every atom. Every electron, neutron, everything that has movement, he's moving the course of the seas. He is moving. In him we live and we move. He's one who's moving us. And we also have our being. We exist in him. Now, why is that important to know? Um, Because understand, if you have this sort of mindset, even when you're in the time of your worst battle and the worst crisis, and you feel like the devil is all around you, distress is all around you, there's wars, there are fightings, it seems like everything is just terrible, and you're really just, I mean, it seems like it's a very fearful and terrible place. But if you have the mind, even though this is around me, I know that I am in him, and every breath that I take is in him, and I know that he's moving me, and I know that I exist in him, and if I am in him, then that means that him is all around me right now. I know that he's around me right now. When I wave my hands, I know that I'm feeling him right now because I have existence in him. I exist in him. So all this other stuff is going around and people say this and people say that and this and that and the other. But remember, here's our attitude. I live in him. I move in him. I exist in him. It begins to change your whole outlook of life. Anybody with me today? All right. So. That's why I want to bring you those 
uh, voice definitions there, <laughs> you know, the either active voice or, or passive voice. The Lord is doing the moving. He's moving you in and in and out, and you're finding pasture because he is moving your life. He is shaping your life. He is ordering your steps. He is giving you movement. If someone says, you know, uh, my life is not going anywhere, then I, I would instantly have to say, are you in Christ? Because in Christ, he moves. He moves you. I wonder if anyone has ever been moved by the Lord before. Even emotionally, you've been moved by the Lord. You've been moved by the waves of the Spirit. Been moved by the Spirit. Being moved by His compassion, by God's compassion and loving heart. You say, I don't know why I'm doing this, but... I don't know why I'm saying this, but... I don't know why it's the Lord moving and directing you. Because in Him we live. And He moves us. And we exist in him. Isn't that wonderful? Again, uh, let me say that we are or you are a supernatural people living in a natural world. That's your new attitude. You are supernatural people living in this natural world. Hallelujah. Now we define to you uh, what stranger meant. Stranger is the person whom one does not know or with whom one is not familiar The Bible says plainly that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We don't act like they do. And to many, many have said, and I have to agree with a a portion of it at least, that America has become, and this really, this world system has become a portion of what's called the new Babylon. Anything goes. Anything goes. Morality has gone the way of something else. And but still we living here, we're living here and we have to raise our children and live lives that are strange to this culture, live lives in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We still have to raise good, saved children. Hallelujah. Good, saved grandchildren. Those who know how to call upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. In this life, in this world, living in a Babylonian type society where everything goes, where morality is slipping, but we still have to maintain a lifestyle of holiness, righteousness, and truth in it. Amen? We're in the world, but we are not of it. Hallelujah? Hallelujah. All right. So uh, let's go a little bit further here. In 1 John First uh, John 4, verse 16 through 19. Just doing a little bit of recapping. Uh, we are strangers in the world. Look at this. First John, the fourth chapter, verse 16 through 19 says this. And we have known and believed the love that God have to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Or yeah, casts out fear. So here again, we are in the world, but not of the world. And this verse gives us an opportunity to be like Jesus. You've got to hear it, receive it, and you've got to pray it through. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to work this work out in you. It says again in verse 17, because as he is, not as he was, 
Not as he was, even walking on the earth as a human being, all God, yet all man. Not as he was, but as he is. Jesus in his glorified state, as he is, highly lifted up in every knee, is bowing, every tongue, confessing that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. As he is, so are we in this world. Say, so am I in this world. All right, now that has to be a truth. That, that has to be a truth uh, that we lean on, that we rely on, that has to be our new attitude, our new focus and setting. Verse 18 says again, there is, no fear, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now, look at that same verse, verse 17 uh, in 1 John, the fourth chapter, 1 John, the fourth chapter, verse 17. I want to read this to you out of the... Um, Uh, the New International Version, the NIV. This is how it says, this is how it reads. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are what? Like Jesus. In this world, we are what? Like Jesus. So that's our confession. That's our confession. Even when you think, even when you see your actions and you say, I am not like Jesus. But as you declare the word of God, declare what he said, his word has much more power than yours ever will. And as you declare his word with faith over your life, your life will begin to shape, take on the shape and form and mold of that of the character and nature of his word. God says that in this world, we are like Jesus. So we say, amen. Amen. It is so, and so it is. In this world, we can say, it is written. In this world, I am like Jesus. Or we can say, it is written. So he is, so am I in this world. It is so, it is so, it is so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's our mindset. This is what we're, here again, we're not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind, by the renewing of our mind. Are you hearing today? Let's look at another one. Let's go. um, So we said last time, well, how is Jesus? Because the word says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Well, how is Jesus? We went to Colossians, the first chapter and Colossians, the first chapter. I'm telling you, it is such a golden book. It is such a golden book. You're going to see a lot of Colossians uh, today. Colossians, the first chapter, verse 15, out of the uh, Amplified Bible, the classic edition, says this. Now, he is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the invisible representation of the invisible. He is the firstborn of all creation. Look at that. How is Jesus now? Well, he is the exact likeness of the invisible God. He is the exact likeness, rather, yes, of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. So you say, how is Jesus? The Bible says again, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So we're going to have to align our thinking with that, align our reality with that. Uh, so as you say, I am like Jesus, you're also saying, I am like God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's not a stretch. But your neighbor would say, hmm, I don't think so. 
No, 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 no. But I still declare it. It's so. It's so in Jesus' name. It's so. And I can declare, continue to declare, let God's word echo in your soul. It is so. And the reality of things will line up to what God has said. Amen? Amen. Oh, glory to God. We are strangers in this world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are different. As a matter of fact, Paul picks this up again in 1 John, 4th chapter. Listen to what's said here. 1 John, the 4th chapter. I'm trying to convince you of something here. Building a case, letting you know that you are more than you think that you are. Even in the book of John, I think John, the third chapter, the Bible declares that to whom that believed on him, that is believed on Jesus, God gave them power or the authority or the right to become sons of God, to become sons of sons of God, to become, you have the right privilege or honor to become more than what you are. Hallelujah. You hear that, Erica? I'm telling you, we have the right to become more than what we are. We have the right to become sons and daughters, children of the Most High God, still living in a wicked world. But see, this is why the world needs you. The Lord said, you are the light of the world. He said he was the light as he was here. Then he turned to us and said, you are the light. Why are we the light? Because we possess the light. We possess Christ Jesus. He is inside of us. And it is his light that shines through us into the world today. Amen. You're going to have to provide a prayer covering for those in darkness. You're going to have to provide a light for those in darkness. You're going to have to provide a safe place for those in darkness until they can come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Amen? Let's look at uh, 1 John 4, 4, verses 4 through 6. It says this, uh, the uh, NIV. It says, you, dear children, are from God. Say amen to that. Now that you're born of God, born again, you are from God. Say, I am from God. God. See, you're speaking the word again. You you better watch it. Something's going to change. You keep saying it. It says, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Verse 5, they are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. Verse 6, we are from God. I love that. Say with me, I am from God. God. It says we are from God and and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Now listen to the conversation that Jesus had with the Father as he prayed for you, as he prayed for me. Before, uh, this is prior to his crucifixion. Listen to this prayer in John the 17th chapter, John 17, verses 14 through 18. Listen to how this reads. I love this. This is so wonderful. He says, I have given them thy word. Oh, that is so powerful that Jesus has given you his word. I cannot wait to get into that and let you really know how powerful that is. Jesus said, I have given them thy word and the world have hated them because they are not of the world. 
even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. How many times has he said even as in the last couple of verses? At least twice, right? He said, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Remember, the word sanctify means to set apart. Set apart. Remove them from the group. It is the word that removes you. It is the word that transforms you. It is the word that puts distance between you and the ungodly. It is the word that does that. It is the word of God. Hallelujah. So he says, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Now notice again, the word says, he says, the Lord says, even as he said, um, verse number um, uh, 14, they are not of the world. They are not of the world, even as I am not the world. Verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. The word even as means in in same proportion or in like degree. It also means uh, agreeable to the fact that. In other words, the same way. This is big. This is so big. The same way that Jesus was not a part of that world system is the same way that you are not a part of this world system. The same way that Jesus Christ, the son of God, was set apart from this world system is the same way, the exact same way, even as he was was set apart, is even as you are set apart. The same way, in same proportion. Now, here again, that's one of those things you got to say yes to. You got to meditate on and pray in. This is truth. You got to declare this over your life. I am not of the world, even as Christ was not of the world. Hallelujah. What does this mean? So when these bad habits and addictions and associations and and these wicked things come upon you, they really try to come upon your flesh to get you to do something that you know is wrong. And this world really begins to pull on you and pull on you and pull on you. And these temptations begin to pull on you, pull on you. You can declare it is written as Jesus was not the world, even as this, even as I am not of the world. Are you hearing? you do it right, you may hear some lightning and thunder. Hallelujah. Even as, say with me, even as. Hallelujah. Now notice, it is a word, it is the revealed and accepted word of God that separates us from the world. Jesus said, I have given them thy word. And because you receive the word of God, you believe that word, you took that word in, that word began to separate you from the things of the world. Isn't that awesome? Let's look at another one. Let's look at uh, Colossians, the first chapter. Colossians, the first chapter, verses 12 through 17. Now, y'all getting anything out of this today? I'm trying to tell you who you really are. In Christ Jesus, who you really are. 
Shame they can't teach us in school. Well, they don't teach us in school. Imagine growing up with this sort of thinking, this sort of teaching, knowing who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Devils couldn't hold you. Hallelujah. There'll be a whole lot less children born out of. All right. Praise the Lord. Are you still there? Colossians, the first chapter, verses 12 through 17. Hallelujah. This is how it says, giving thanks, or how it reads out King James Version, giving thanks unto the Father, which have made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. God has, the Father has made you a partaker. Think of the word partaker. I want you to think about, I want you to imagine um, Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, and the table is set with the yams and the turkey there and the greens and for some of us, chitterlings, all that stuff is set at the table, right? The peach cobbler, uh, all that, the string beans and whatever, all of that is set at the table. Mama, grandmama says, all right, it's time to come eat. In other words, it's time for you to pull your chair up and partake of what is there. It's time for you to grab your fork and your knife and and partake of it. Put in your plate and partake. And you sit down on your table. You sit down rather at your chair at the table and you begin to partake in it. And you partake in it so much that you got to unbuckle your pants just a little bit. Get a little breathing room, a little breathing room. You are now partaking of that blessing, that blessed meal that is set before you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you think about the word partake, I want you to think about that dinner. Mm, mm, mm. Partaking. Listen, it says, giving thanks unto the Father, which have made, uh, which have, um, which have made us meet, or which has made us acceptable, or given us the right to partake of what? Of the inheritance. Inheritance, something that is laid up for another. Think about someone that is passed. You go to the lawyer's office and they have the will and they leave an inheritance for, for those that have been left behind, something that is laid up in store for others. God said simply here, because of the work of Jesus Christ, he has made you accepted to partake in what he has laid up. Laid up for who? For the saints in light, for his people that dwell in the light. You have a portion. God said, pull up your chair. Come on and sit down and partake of what I have laid up for the saints in light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has given you the right. Say with me, he's given me the right to inherit from the saints in light. You can be also an inheritor of this. Isn't that something? You are, rather, an inheritor. It says, um, giving thanks unto the Father which have made us meet. He has made. This is made is a past tense word. It doesn't say he is making us. It says he has made. He has made us meet or made us acceptable to be uh, partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Verse 14, we want to go back to that. Verse 14 says, and whom we have redemption through his, 
uh, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God. Still talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. Sounds familiar? He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Uh, Verse uh, uh, 16 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether, uh, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Verse 17 and in rather and he is before all things and by him all things consist i want to give you that again we're going to really dive into that but first let's go into verse number 13 for the short time we have left here today verse 13 says who have delivered us so you are part of us if you are a born again believer you've received jesus christ as lord and savior of your life you are part of the us here hallelujah you are part of the us. So the Bible says, who have delivered us, so we can say he's delivered me, say that he has delivered me from the power of darkness and hath translated me into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, I want to act this out because I think that doing this will help you have a greater understanding. All right. I need someone to, I need, um, Two children, so to, so to speak, or all right, come on, Rosie, and uh, I need a, it doesn't have to be an actual child, uh, someone else, <laughs> who else wants to come up, all right, Rosie's here, who else wants to come up, you can come up um, with us right here, Erica, all right, very good, very good, very good, very good, very good, all right, one of you going to have to play the bad child, one you have to play the good child. You're both wonderful children, but you somebody somebody's gonna have to play, just act out the bad child today. Who's gonna do that? <laughs> All right, Erica, come on this side. You you'll be playing. Nope, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. This side, good. You stay right here, okay? All right. Today we'll we'll, we'll allow you to to play the hard role, bad bad child. Okay. All right. And Rosie, you stand on this side over here. All right. This. Uh, this is my little Shafar. We'll, we'll play with this for a moment. Um, just pretend for a moment that this is uh, humanity. Humanity, okay? Uh, one time humanity was with the Lord, you know, in Adam and Eve way back in the beginning, so forth and so on. But Adam and Eve slipped, and then man came under the power or the rule of the enemy. So you're just playing that. All right. It says, who have delivered us from the power of darkness. Now, the word deliver means to rescue. Now, this is God. It says, thanks. It says, um, giving thanks unto the Father. So it's the Father that's doing the action. The Father's doing the action. The Father has delivered us or rescued us from the power. Now, the word power here means... um, Physical or mental power, it means the, the ability or strength which, which one uh, is endued. It means power, uh, power of authority, influence, and uh, the, the right or privilege, all right? So, for instance now, we're going to say this, okay? Uh, so here's one child who is 
unknown at this point. All right, this is one bad child over here, okay? This one bad child is really playing with this toy. I mean, really just shaking it up and really just, really just abusing that toy, really just abusing that good toy. And so I, as a father, now do it, do it, do it. I mean, do it like that. I mean, you're really just, uh, she's, really, she's really abusing that toy. All right, and so I take it, I, as a father, I'll play the father, <laughs> will rescue this out of her power, out of her rule, right? She, this, as long as she had it, it was in her power to move it any way she wanted to move it. I mean, she's really, ah, hit, 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 you know, hit, ah, she's really doing. So I, as a father, take that from her, right? I rescued it from her hand, and now I'm translating it, transporting it from one place to another into the kingdom of his dear son. You see that? What does that mean? That means that now the enemy, the person that is playing the enemy, but who is not the enemy over here, the person who's playing no longer has access to it. No longer has the ability to control it. Right? Because the father said he has translated it out of his power and brought it under the the dominion of his son. Made sense? All right, let's give them a hand. Great job, ladies. I'm telling you. Great job. Two wonderful good kids. Praise the Lord. We speak blessings upon them in Jesus' name. Now, the word kingdom here means uh, the royal power, kingship, dominion, or rule. A kingdom, a territory subject to the rule of the king. All right? So the father said, he has done this. Now look, look back at the tense here. Who hath, meaning past tense, if you're born of God, this has already happened. Say with me, this has already happened to me. So it's the devil's responsibility. He's a, he's a masterful liar. He's trying to convince you that you're still under his power and control. So he's trying to speak in your ears or speak into the ears of other people that say, you're still under my power. You're still under my authority. But no, we can declare it is written. The father has translated me, whoever he has uh, delivered me from the power of darkness and translated me under the control, rule or dominion of his son. I am now a part of the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus. Devil, you no longer have any power over me. What would you be doing? You'd be speaking the word of God. Remember, Jesus said, I have given them thy word. It is the word of God that is the most powerful thing ever existent, ever in existence. Because of the word, all things exist. All things were created. The father spoke and the son stepped forth. The word of God stepped forth. And from that word, all other things came about. All other things were created because of the word. And the Lord Jesus said, Father, I have given them your word. Boom. Oh, my God. I have the word, the very word and essence of God living on the inside of me. Don't you understand? There's no other created thing that has that right or privilege. Angels can carry a word and deliver the word. 
The other things of nature can react about the word, can react on it. But God said, he has given you and I his word. He has given us the right to speak and to declare his word. Are you hearing? This is why this is so very powerful. And the Bible says that he hath delivered us, that he has delivered me from the power, right or authority, of darkness and has translated me into or under the kingdom, the rule, the dominion of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? That is wonderful. That is powerful. Now let's end up on here. Now it says again, verse number 16, for by him were all things created. By who? By the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. When God spoke, the word stepped out. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. And by that word, all other things were created. This is why nothing else has superiority over Jesus because Jesus was before them all. Christ rather was before them all. Are you hearing? It says, for by him were all things created. Say all. All. That that includes everything, doesn't it? In him all things, or rather for by him were all things created um, that are in heaven and that are in earth. Things visible, things that you can see and things that you cannot see. Are you hearing? It says whether there be thrones or uh, dominions or principalities or powers, these spirits that say, I have the rule over this and that, the Lord said, hey, I created that place of power. Why are you running from it, son? Why are you running from it, daughter? I created that place of power, and I've given you the right and the authority to rule over it. Hallelujah. Oh, my God, my God. Verse, and then verse 17 says, uh, and he is before all, and by him all things consist. Say consist. The word consist means to place together or to set in place, rather to set in the same place, to bring or band together. God holds everything together by his word. It's because of the word of God that everything is held together by his word. Look at this out of the New Living Translation, verse 17, and uh, we're about coming to a close. Anybody get anything out of this today? I know I am. I'm really enjoying this word today. Colossians 1.17 says this out of New Living Translation. Listen to how this reads. He existed before anything else. And he holds all creation together. He is holding together. Why doesn't the, uh, was it the neutron or whatever atom thing, uh, electron fly off? Because he's holding it all together. We're all floating around the sun in an orbit. Why aren't we spinning off into space? Because he's holding things together. It is the word of God that holds things together. So the same substance that holds the universe together, the same substance that holds the earth and the planets in rotation, Jesus said, I have given them that. My God. So he said, why haven't I been seeing any more manifestation? The Bible says the word did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. You have the substance. Now mix that with faith and you're going to see great results. Now let's look at just one more verse here in Hebrews, the first chapter, verse number three. 
This, is, this I believe, is a great place to stop here. I want to continue to show you. I once asked the father, you know, as that dealt with fear, and he began to let me know the reason for said fear. The reason for said fear was because I did not have a more complete image of who he was. You're only afraid of something until you see something greater. Are you hearing? Much like the case of Elijah and, uh, and his servant, or Elisha, I believe, and his servant, when the enemy had encompassed the, whole, the entire city and the, the servant got up and looked out and saw all the enemy army, thousands of people there, and he was afraid and said, Alas, Master, what are we going to do? And Elijah said, Open up his eyes, Lord, let him see it. And then he saw the chariots of fire innumerable amount of angels, chariots of fire that had encompassed or surrounded the enemy. Once he saw that, he was no longer afraid. So the only reason that we fear is because we haven't had a greater revelation. We haven't had a greater understanding. And so I began to say that, say this, I began to ask the Lord, show me who you are. Begin to show me more. I want to see more of you. And he began to show me in his word. Now, let's look at this, and we'll close out here. Uh, Hebrews 1, verse 3, it says, talking about Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. That's powerful. Now, let's explode that a little bit. Let's explore that a little bit out of the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible is going to really just amplify it and do a lot of work for me. Are you ready? Amen. We're going to read this and then we'll be done today. Listen to what this says, what this says about Jesus and what this says about you. Remember the Word of God declares that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Or in this world, we are like Jesus. Remember, in him we live, we move, and we have our being. So the more we know about him, the more we find out about ourselves. Make sense? Look at this. Hebrews, the first chapter, verse number three, out of the Amplified Bible, this is what it says. It says, the the sun is the uh, radiance and only expression of the glory of our awesome God, reflecting God's Shekinah glory the light bringing the brilliant light of the divine, rather the light being uh, the brilliant light of the divine. And the exact, he again is the exact representation and perfect imprint of his father's essence. I love that. Jesus is the exact representation and perfect imprint of his father's essence. And upholding and maintaining and propelling all things. Remember the propelling? Remember in him we live, we move, he's moving things. Right? And upholding, maintaining, and propelling all things, the entire physical and spiritual universe by his powerful word. Isn't that awesome? It says, carrying the universe along to its predetermined goal. When he himself and no other had by uh, offering himself on the cross as a sacrifice for sin, accomplished uh, 
purification from sin and established our freedom from guilt. He sat down, revealing his completed work at the right hand of the majesty on high, revealing his divine authority. Awesome. So this is the one who lives inside of you. This is the one who seeks expression out of you. The supernatural is very real. Very real. But this world has become so twisted is that if I had a, if I wanted to ask a survey, if I just took a short survey, and we're closing now, if I took a short survey and want to ask the question, how many people would, if someone came, if two people came in, two people came in and they gave testimony, if one said, now these are two complete strangers, if one said, um, said, I saw so-and-so, and they manifested a demon, and it was horrible. The eyes turned black, and it was just a horrible thing. I saw the demon firsthand, and uh, they said that. And then the next person came up, and if they were to say, oh, I saw a beautiful angel. I saw a pretty angel, and God spoke to me. I bet you more people will be willing to believe the negative than the positive. That's how fallen and corrupt things have become. It is unfortunate that the world tells a lie so well that it looks just like the truth. And that the truth, the church, tells the truth so poorly that it looks like a lie. So it's up to us and the rest of the body of Christ to begin to know who Jesus is and begin to declare his word openly. And, we'll, and we will finally find ourselves in Him. I pray you've heard the Word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands for the Lord. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.